tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 68. If you enjoy reality shows, especially the competition kind, well, you're probably already familiar with The Voice. People from all around the country compete for the grand prize. And in today's episode, I get to speak with one of the winners. Season 18, Todd Tillman took the title. And my friend Trisha Goyer helped he and his wife, Brooke, write their story in a book called Every Little Win. It's really a fun conversation. And I think you're going to be blessed by their journey. Well, it's my joy to have Todd and Brooke Tillman with me. Uh, You guys might be familiar with Todd's name. He was the winner of season 18 of The Voice. And I had the privilege of meeting Brooke and Todd when they came to my neck of the woods here in Montana. We have a common friend, Trisha Goyer. And I am so excited because it's here, you guys. The book is here. And yes, yes, we're recording this in June 2021. And I I can't wait just to dig in. Uh, Your book's called Every Little Win, How Celebrating Small Victories Can Lead to Big Joy. Wow, you guys. Wow. What a journey you've been on. I'm just fascinated how God has really brought you guys as a couple through this. And I see, at least from my point of view, Brooke, you've been such a big part of this whole story as well. And so I do love, you do tell a beautiful story about, you know, how, how you guys met and, and marriage and, and the, I love that it's just raw and real. And and yet it always, always points us to Jesus. But one of the things that was I loved um, was, Todd, your story about, you know, being in ministry, loving Jesus well, with all your heart, but feeling like, is there something else? Can you kind of talk about that? Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I don't want to say satisfied in like, like I never had any complaints or anything like that. But for the majority of my time in ministry, I just sort of felt like that's that's where I was supposed to be, and that's what I just was supposed to do. And but over over the last uh, anywhere between three and five, I didn't really pinpoint the date or anything. But I would say over the last maybe three to five years, I don't know if it was like a real spiritual thing that was going on inside me, or or if I was in a midlife crisis. But like there was like something had to change. Like I just knew that I couldn't keep going the way that I was going. Um, and that there had to be some kind of shift and I didn't really know what that was. And I also was terrified for several reasons. Number one, the means by which I cared for our family and provided was through pastoral ministry. Number two, I struggle a lot with what people think and what they're going to have to say about me and the decisions that I make, especially in church and religious circles, you know? Um, and so it was hard. It was really hard for me. Number three, I'm a play it safe kind of guy. You know, I, uh, um, I, I, I struggle a lot with being fearful of the success of, uh, you know, someone asked me the other day what my greatest fear was. And I'm like, I imagine the same as everybody else, which is just failure, uh, you know? And so I struggled a lot with that, but I finally kind of just got to a place where I was like, I gotta, so I mean, I started digging around in different things I could do to bring, bring uh, an income into our family. I never thought in a million years this would be the, the shift. But that's, that's kind of it. I knew something was going to change. I had no idea it would be this. 
Right, right. Well, in the book, you talk about how, you know, you had that kind of feeling inside and how sometimes, yeah, it's, we're dissatisfied with our life and we need to get right with Jesus. <laughs> but sometimes it's that stirring in our soul and that, that maybe that dissatisfaction is linked to something new that God wants to do in us. And I thought that was a really good point. Um, how did you navigate that? Um, you know, I would, I would probably say clumsily. I don't think I navigated it very well, but other people seem to think I did. <laughs> well, what are the you fun know? things? Cause you're the play it safe guy and Brooke, you're the woman of faith yeah. girl. Yeah. And so you saw something in Todd that he didn't really see. Ta- tell us about your part of the story of, of this shift that has happened in your family over these last years. Well, I think um, I'm kind of like, like we jokingly say, like I'm the guest and he's the break. So I'm always coming up with crazy out there ideas. I mean, at first adoption was a crazy out there idea to Todd, you know, of course, because we were struggling ministry. So I've always kind of been this. I pitch things to Todd, you know, work on him, get him to come around in my way of thinking, you know, because he's like a like pitch. Like, really, he's always been like, let's just pitch a tent, stay here. This is comfortable. This feels good. I've always been a little bit, no, let's try this. Let's do something different or with with a lot of things. And so I feel like when he kind of started mentioning that he was feeling a shift, you know, we did, we, 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 we played around with a YouTube channel. Todd talked about doing real estate. estate. I I thought about being a barber. It was kind of funny. Um, but he does spend a lot of time on his beard, so maybe. <laughs> well, and I like to talk to people, you know, and I he felt does. like, you know. Um, so we, you know, we played around with a lot of ideas. I didn't really, I knew he was serious, but I also knew the ties to play it safe guys. So I, be honest, I really thought we would probably stay where we were at just because that's yeah. what we've always done. And that's what Todd would always, you know. Um, so I didn't know to the extent. So I feel like, I feel like God knew the grand gesture we needed was the voice. And I say this a lot when we talk to people because Ultimately, that's just the platform God used. I think it was time for us to make a shift. And I think that's what Todd needed to kind of get him over that little hump of like always playing it safe. And um, so for me, I think I was just kind of, I didn't know it was the avenue either. I'll be honest. I really, when they, when they you know, we come to me and said someone was sending this email or something to, you know, and he had signed up trap for the voice and then he decided he wasn't going to go because he hadn't got confirmation and we'd just been on a big trip. Honestly, I no, just I hadn't gotten email confirmation. Email confirmation. <laughs> not in a spiritual sense. Yeah, he hadn't gotten an email confirmation <laughs> to, you know, that he's supposed to be there. So he's like, they probably don't even have that I'm supposed to be there. It, you know, it was how many hours away? It was a couple hours away. Uh, it was almost five hours Yeah, away. and so mm-hmm. and it was a it was weekend. We just got back from our trip. He just didn't really want to do it. He said it was, you know, what's the point? And um, I really felt like, you know, um, for me, it was like, you'll regret it. It'll be a great story. This is what we can tell our kids. Look, you tried out for The Voice. You did something crazy. Um, that's kind of how I was thinking. And plus, I'll be honest, I want to be like, hey, you know, Ty tried out for The Voice. I know he can sing. I felt like they would love him, whether it turned into anything or not. I felt like it would be a fun story to share. And just me and my, like, let's do something crazy type personality. I thought, don't, don't back out now, you know. And so I kind of pushed him a little bit. Um, and he went and here we are. And so I like to take credit for things he says. So I get to take credit for it, even though really, you know, he stepped out and did it in faith, but (laughs) 
I take a little credit. Well, you bet. You bet. It's so <laughs> cool how God puts us different personalities together. You know. Oh, absolutely. We're we're very different, but we work well together. I think we're a good team. Yeah. <laughs> Most days. Yeah, exactly. I understand. I remember we were music and children's pastors in Oregon. And so we'd have these big music productions back in the nineties. And um this, you know, I get these big ideas and I'd say, and then Jesus is going to raise into the clouds and disappear. That'll be the end. And this is the song we'll sing. and It'll be glorious. I'd be telling John <laughs> like about 11 o'clock at night and out of the dark, I'd hear it won't work. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, don't bother me with details. Anything is possible. Yes. That is how I will get these like big revelations. And I'll share it with Todd. It's like so spiritual. Like God showed me something. I'm so excited. We'll be in the car and I'll like share it with him. And so I'm like, okay. And I'm like, are you not excited? Like what? It's just, it. God does put different people together and and, and it works because I always say like, he's, but he's if, my grace for me, not like completely falling flat on my, my face. In my defense. And I do, but I stretch him. I yeah, stretch him to do a lot of things that he would not but, do. But in my defense, in the real practical physical world, my resting heart rate is like 38. So. <laughs> Yeah, he always says, you know, Brooke's the spiritual one. I'm the more practical one. If we're going to come to a mountain, Brooke's going to speak to it. I'm going to get the shovel and start digging. So that's going to be work. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, that's yeah. John, John is definitely like that. You know, he was he wasn't trying to burst my bubble, but boy, don't you have to learn how to navigate that as couples? Oh yeah, oh yeah, you do. Yeah. I always say to couples and people in conflict, iron does sharpen iron, but while it's sharpening, it causes sparks to fly. You know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of how it is yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And I think if we can accept those differences rather than resent them and kind All of right. see them as a gift, it really does help us, I think, become more balanced people. So there you were, Todd. You you finally you finally decided to go to tryouts. It was in Atlanta, right? Right, right, yes. So, so what did that feel like? What what was going through your head? I mean, it, it kind of shifted. It it felt like it started out being really annoying. I was I was aggravated. I felt like it was not going to be anything anyway, and so I was kind of annoyed and aggravated. And then it sort of shifted once we got into the building, and we were all there. Then it shifted to like very intimidating, like because lots of people are singing and. They are. They were all very good. I mean, I mean, you know, it's a, it's an audition, and so a, as the groups got smaller, because they sort of break you down into smaller groups so that they can get everyone through there as timely as possible. And you do kind of start hearing some people. You're like, well, I might not be the best, but I'm better than them. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but but for the most part, everyone's really good. And I think it's funny too because I'm, I know Todd and his personality, and like I mean, other people probably like like like. They probably are practicing, but they're also, I think it's like a kind of a feeling. Everybody tries to sing and like gets out their guitars and starts singing. And, not me. And like Todd is not going to do that. He's like, and so I, I think that's like a thing. Is like, I just waited my turn. Yeah, he you just know? waits his turn. But like, it, and that can be a little bit intimidating to hear everybody just. So it was. Yeah. And then, and then it was, you know, ultimately, even before the show itself, just the, the original open call audition, it was ultimately really exciting, you know, uh, that, that I got, a, I got, 
a call back to, for the next day. Now I had to, uh, we tell everyone I had to go buy clothes cause I didn't expect that to happen. So I didn't have clothes for the next day. And, and also they wanted you to dress, you know, kind of nicer. And I was in khaki shorts and a t-shirt and sandals. And so I went and got some, some clothes. You were doing the Jesus five kind of, did you yeah, get a robe? So, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, but it was, you know, it, it really was this little progression from annoyed to real high anxiety and, and intimidation to kind of excitement, you know, and it was it was a church day, so we also had to like the next, make, day, the next day when he got called back, which he wasn't expecting that. We had to kind of scramble, and luckily we have a, our church was amazing, so they just fall I mean, they right still in line. Are. They're yeah, they're still they're, they're still are amazing. They, they're always be amazing. Um, but yeah, we had to like figure that out because it was a Sunday, and yeah. so short notice, Todd wasn't going to be at church. But um, our church through the whole process were extremely oh, man. Yeah, they supportive. Were that's so beautiful. So you finally get the word. You're going to be on The Voice. Yes. So you don't have just two. You don't have just three. You have all four judges turn around. Had you already made up your mind who you wanted? How did that go? Yeah, that's kind of how it was. Like I had made up my mind for a long time that if I got a blind audition, like the teams didn't fill up. And if Blake were to turn his chair, I thought, you know, that would probably be the direction I went. But then as it got closer, I did kind of think vocally. I mean, I understand. I'm not crazy. I understand Kelly's female and I'm male. But like vocally, she and I are more alike. Mm -hmm. And and so I did think to myself, you know, if we were to duet or something like that, you know, on the show. Because, you know, we didn't have any idea that COVID was going to do what it did. So Right. But whenever you turn chairs whether it's unless it's only one whether it's two or three or four if you turn more than one they they pitch you know and so and because for they have to edit it for time for the tv show so what they don't show the the national audience is that they pitch for a minute i mean each one of them pitched me for maybe four or five minutes you know and I literally, after, like, they all make you want to pick Yeah, you, every so one of them, you're like, hmm, fabulous. maybe like, I should do that. Yeah, and so I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I, I would I would want to pick all of them. But when Blake went last. And Blake, Blake went last, went, yeah. I just knew when Blake's pitch, I was like, he's going to pick Blake. I knew the moment when Blake, things Blake said, I was like, he's going to pick Blake. Yeah. In that moment, I, I knew that, and I was right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, you know, so many things I we could talk forever about what the journey was like. And if you guys need to get on Facebook and I'm sure you guys do lives all the time and your stories out there on YouTube and everything. So be sure to check that out. But I'm just thinking, you know, you're walking through this process and, and uh, the weeks are going by and the weeks are, and you're still there and you're still there. And that final night when, okay. What was that like, Todd? Uh, you know, the finale, I'm no kidding. I think I was less nervous in the finale than I was any of the other times because I kind of just thought, you know, I frankly, I'd already made up in my mind that we weren't going to win. I mean, that that just seemed yeah. out of reach. I feel like I feel like we'd already decided we'd already won. Making the live yeah. shows, yeah. making it to the finale. We already felt like we were a winner either way. And and honestly, we did think, I thought Thunder was going to win. I, really I thought did. Thunderstorm Artis was the winner. Phenomenal. That's what I thought. And I, so we, like, we tell people, we prepped our kids in the commercial. Yeah, in the know, commercial break, like, we told our know, kids, don't, don't be cry, ugly you and know, cry. Cheer, no matter what happens, you know, I had promised them Disney World, which we're still going to do when the world completely opens back up. Yeah, we're not <laughs> going to Disney until it's full on Disney. Yeah, we like, want to we full COVID experience. Disney. And so... I kind of threw that in there, not really thinking we 
going to win. And so Tom was like, great, bro. <laughs> you know, promise the kids Disney World. But, you know, um, but we really, I think we really felt like we were winners. Yeah, way. I mean, we and really so did. We were like, we've nervous. already won. I mean, you know? I was nervous. But I will say, I think I was nervous at blind. I really do. Oh, I was more nervous leading up. I actually, uh, I'm actually good friends to this day with Jake Hoot, the guy who won the season before mine. So I, I, he had already sort of talked to me a little just in like a kind of good luck with everything kind of way. But when I reached the finale, I, I reached back out to him and I was like, I'd love to have a conversation with you because I do now I think it's the first time I have a one in five chance of winning, you know? Right. And yeah. I think for me, like my biggest fear was because like, I kind of, you know, you kind of don't think, you know, you prepare yourself. I, and I'm going to prepare myself for the worst type modality. So I'm kind of like, you know, we're probably not going to win this thing. I really thought Thunder was, but we were at our church because that's where we did all the video and was at our church. Our whole family and friends, a lot of them were in on the side, like watching, because we were on the stage where they were having to kind of like do the home filming or however. And my biggest fear was because they had the like these big confetti cannons ready. And like, you know, you're nervous, they're nervous. So they're waiting and they like make you wait that moment. Like he draws it out. And so you just, so they're like nervous. Like I remember several people like fought over. They didn't want to hold the cannon because they were scared. They wouldn't do it right. Or something would happen. So I remember thinking, Oh God, like, when they announce the winner is such a moment because they wait and it's so intense, they're going to shoot that cannon off regardless. And so it's going to be anticlimactic. We didn't win, but it's going to look like we won with all the confession. <laughs> and I'm like, I think that was my biggest nervous and fear is like, Oh God, like, yeah. you know, and, and so, but it was perfect because the, the cannons went off. They said Todd's name. Aww. And I think like, I remember one of our kids, he always says, let's go. And Asher was like, let's go and took off running. But yeah. so it is it, one of those moments I tell people, and I say this in a lot of our interviews, like it really was a perfect moment. Hmm. We didn't get a no, a door shut. It was a, one of those things where God promised me early in the process that it was going to be good. He really showed me that I had problems believing it when COVID hit and things happened, but he, he honestly kept true to his word and it was, it, it wasn't the bad thing didn't happen. We ended up with a perfect moment our family i love it what was it like for you todd oh man you talking about when they announced the winner yeah oh uh, you know I, I have to say i don't remember i don't I, <laughs> I don't know if i blacked out i i literally have a blank in that moment i remember carson daly saying todd tillman congratulations yeah but then i don't remember anything for a while and then i remember there's a, a lady that works for the show named Lisa. And like to me is one of the most invaluable parts of the show is, is mm-hmm. her role and, and what she does for us. Uh, I remember her calling my name back to the monitor. Cause you know, it's, it was virtual. You have to interview. I remember her, but in that, in that section between, I couldn't tell you if that was five minutes or 20 minutes. <laughs> I don't, I really don't remember. I, I really think you were blown away. But even now I don't, I don't know. It's like, I don't even know how it feels that I won. And it's been a year. It's almost (laughs) like we forget. Like, it's like, it don't seem real. Yeah. Yeah. Your life has changed, but your life hasn't changed in some ways, I would imagine. Yeah. Brass tacks, day-to-day life is a lot the same. I mean, we did relocate and all the things, but like just the way we run our house, it's a lot the same. And we're the same people. Like, you know, we had a friend come down recently and they were coming to take some pictures for us. And he was like, are you nervous to go hang out with him? He's like, no, (laughs) we're the same people. Like we're no, it's, it's no different. Yeah. That's beautiful. Has that always been part of your personality, Todd? What's which thing? Of of that we're just people and not being intimidated by famous. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't mean this like in a, I, I, it's weird when I say things out loud because I don't want to come across as pitiful, you know? <laughs> I don't mean it like in a pitiful way or a self-deprecating kind of way. I've just always kind of thought that I was painfully normal. You know, like I'm just a regular guy yeah. and I'm, I do regular things. Uh, and so, but I don't mean that like, oh, like I'm so pitiful. I just always thought that, you know. Don't you think that's probably a healthier way than thinking that we're all that? Oh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, this book is just, it's just so beautiful. And the title, Every Little Win, what what does that mean to you guys? Why did you feel like that was the title that encapsulated your story? Uh, I, I think it was because, I mean, I'm, I actually feel pretty certain between the way we think and, and the way you deal with all the publishing people and the marketing people. I think it was because uh, millions of people saw this giant victory happen on TV. And very, I, I think it is very common for people sitting at home watching a TV show to feel like there's no way like that, that happens to other people. But so what we were, we're trying to convey is you're really winning all the time. That was a big one. Yeah. It was on TV, but that really was not the one that made us, you know? Yeah, I think that's the big thing mm. for me is like to let people know, like, you know, the voice was this perfect moment and God used that. But that didn't transition, make us. Transition you know? us to what he had for us. But the voice isn't our story. No, and it's part there, of it. There is yeah. so many little wins that led up, you know, to that. And there will be so many wins after that. And as our oldest son said, you know, losses. Because well, our next oldest. Our next, our, excuse me, our next oldest son said. Second, he, second he said we should old. do a sequel and call it Every Little Loss. Yeah, he said maybe we should write a sequel <laughs> book and call it Every Little Loss. Because there's been some there's losses. Some of those too, you there's know? been losses along the way. But, you know, I think for us, we just wanted it to be, again, back to the everyday Life, there's everyday miracles, everyday wins. We want people to relate to it, you know, like, I I hope people can read it and really relate to it and say maybe this, the specifics of their story are not the specifics of mine, but the, but principally it's, we're, we're all living sort of the same experience, you know, look for the wins Yeah, every day, look for those little wins. I mean, and ultimately little wins will lead to big wins if you choose to see it that way. Yeah. I think that that's so important, Brooke, because we do tend to just almost over glorify or almost idolize the big wins. Yes. And then life is always a disappointment yeah, right, because right. it's rarely at that high, high pitch. And, you know, I think that was something for me that has been powerful is to realize there are going to probably only be maybe a handful of absolutely perfect right. moments in my right. life. That's right. So, and that's going to be wonderful. But if I'm expecting every single moment, you know, every moment of marriage, every moment of parenting to be this absolutely perfect, you know, fairy story type, I'm going to be constantly disappointed. But when we look for the wins, and I love that because the structure of the book, you have us looking for the wins in our own lives and just talking about what are those and going back and and counting our blessings. I feel like in some ways that's sort of the sub-theme of this book is gratitude. Yeah. Like yes. looking for the positive. Yeah. Yeah. Like can you lay in the bed at night, even on a rough, like terrible day? You know, we have those. 
and ask yourself, I've actually done this to myself before, and ask yourself, how is today not just a total loss? You know? And, and mm-hmm. the yeah, me, like, exactly. Like, like not that long ago, like he said, Brooke, the antidote to anxiety and depression is gratitude. It really is. If you look for the things to be thankful for, that really does shift your perspective off the things that you're afraid of or the things that are, are that, that you're disappointed in and so really that was just eye-opening to me like you know if, if you're if you're listening out there and you struggle with depression or struggle with anxiety you know I really feel like the antidote one way to help yourself there is to keep a gratitude journal or look in some way keep it on your phone or even in your mind you know if you look for things to be thankful for because normal is a gift. normal normal everyday life is a gift not everybody there's people out there right now you know that mm-hmm. are struggling through maybe a spouse or someone or a child having cancer and to them normal is a gift if they could live a normal yeah. day that we take for granted yeah. you know and so i think sometimes that perspective has to shift and you have to find those little everyday normal mundane things mm-hmm. There really are miracles that we're given. And so, you know, hopefully your perspective can be changed without something drastic having to happen. But I, I think that's the thing is just look, look for that. If you look, what you're looking for, you'll find. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I love what you said too, Todd, about just like what did go right. Right. Because I can look at my to-do list and I'm like, oh, I didn't do this and I didn't do that. But I'm actually starting to go, but I did do this and I did do this. And yeah, that I got interrupted, but this is what happened during that interruption that was just as valuable. But boy, we become these almost... I feel like we can get so laser focused and especially when we're, you know, we feel like maybe God's given us a dream and we're chasing it and we're going to do this for Jesus. And then life happens oh, and, yeah. and, or, or it doesn't turn out the way we thought. And, and so how to navigate that? I mean, I'm sure even this last year, as you said, yeah, there's been some amazing wins, but there's been some losses and how do we navigate the ups and downs of life? Right. What are you guys learning? I know. I was just thinking a cool thing that we do with our kids. I found out they really like it. Uh, is we we would do best of the day, worst of the day. Yeah. And like, so we, you you know you sit down or an opportunity that you're around together, whether you're eating together, whatever, and we'll do. And our kids love it. Best of the day, worst of the day. And so you kind of highlight these were the best part of the day, and then you acknowledge these were the worst parts of the day because there is losses, there is yucky parts of the day, and you don't have to pretend they're not there. You just acknowledge it. It gives you an opportunity to talk about it, but then you say best of the day. And these were high points today. And these are good things to hang on or remember on. So I think that's kind of cool is just to, to bring it to the surface. Yeah. And even in like, like in the music world, which I'm sort of thrust into, I mean, I I jumped in with both feet. I don't know. I didn't know what forced me, but uh, there, I mean, you win the voice. It is what it is, but like, there are a lot of no's. I mean, a lot. I mean, there are a lot of people who say, I mean, you get emails that say things like, you know, your voice is great, but I just don't think these songs are marketable, you know, and, and those things happen. But I try to remind myself literally when that happens and it happens a lot. Um, there's literally never more than a couple of days that go by before you get another email from somebody that, guess what we're setting up for you. That's just unbelievable. Uh, and so you just have to remember that, that life, life is a balancing act, man, sometimes and it ebbs and flows, you know? And I kind of like, we, like a big thing theme for us is, you know, we're going to walk through every door God opens for us. Yeah. So every door that he opens and, you know, we, we're, 
continuously praying and submitting to God. If this isn't anything, isn't for us, shut that door, shut that door. And so it's kind of like, it's just a faith journey. Oh, man, it goes yeah. back to, it's already written uh, and we're going to walk through the doors that got open. And there's going to be some that God closed and that no may hurt, but he's protecting us. And so we're going to walk through the ones that God has. I tell us. every single person that I work with, every person, and I was on a call, Brooke was in the truck with me yesterday while I was on the call. And I was like, listen, I got a hundred hooks in the water. So whichever one hits first, that's the one that's going to hit and the rest are going to kind of go on the back burner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Trust in God. Yeah. It's a big yeah. trust God and walking through the doors that he opens. And really believing that he is in control oh, of our yeah, lives. For sure. Yeah. That it's not, it's not the hand of man. Right. It's the right. hand of God. And, and to rest under that, even when he's, his time frame is a little slower oh, than ours. Seems like it's always way slower. <laughs> and, and you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And you yeah. have to realize that it's okay. Some people are going to love you and those are your people. It's that's actually been a refreshing part of this for me. And, yeah. Some folks don't like it. And it's that's okay. Fine. I don't like everybody. Everybody's not my cup of tea. You, lo- you right. love people and you love everybody, but everything's not going to be your thing. Like you'll make the connections with the people that, that connect with you mm-hmm. and they, that, that it is their thing. And those people will get behind you, but the people that you don't want someone back in you that you're not really their thing. So it's okay to hear those things, even though it's kind of hard at first, you know, you're, and I think that is freeing. That's been freeing yeah. for us. In the church, that's hard. In the church, you, you need everybody to like you or you feel that way. And so it's been freeing to kind of learn. It's okay if everybody does it. That's right. Yeah. If you're not everybody's thing. Yeah. I keep thinking of the um, verse that talks about, you know, the story of Joseph. And, you know, his story is filled with a lot of downs. Not quite so many ups, <laughs> like right. a really big up and then a really huge down that stayed down for a bit. But it says that that God tested Joseph until it came time to fulfill his dream, the dreams. Right. And I think if we can understand that none of this is wasted time, you know, none of those years of going, okay, I think there's something more, but I don't know what it is. And just being faithful and showing up and doing what God's put in front of you. Just beautiful stuff. How one of the last questions I just wanted to throw by you guys is when you're th- when you're and you are kind of thrust. Yes, you chose it, but you're thrust into what I can only imagine is a whirlwind. How have you how have you kept your heart, navigated it with the Lord, and and stayed close to Him? Oh man, I for me, I just literally spend a lot of time by myself on the road, and so. That's a good time to pray. But also, one thing that God has done for me, and it's really been beautiful, is he's, he's. I, I mean, I don't want to act like I have revelation. Let me just say that. But he has really sort of shown me more of, I don't know how to put it, more of a grassroots level of who he is and his heart. It's not mm-hmm. about keeping the church afloat. And it's not about making yeah. sure that the committee meets or that, you know, we we do raise the money for the building fund, you know, or, or that it's not about me feeling personally, personally responsible that someone's marriage doesn't fall apart when they come to me. You know, it's more just like God, God has given me opportunity just to build relationship with no strings attached and, you know, no caveats and just love people. And so in turn, that shows me like, my, the way that I feel about these people and how I would love to see them succeed and what I, what can I do to, cause that's the thing in, in the music business, very, it's really common that people can build relationships based on what doors 
you can open for them. So I try yeah. to ask myself, what can I do for them? You know, like, and, right. and uh, it's, so it's really given me a sense of just kind of like when you become a parent, it gives you this whole new sense of who God is, you know? And I realized that uh, the, the flip side of that is a lot of people in the church world may not understand, <laughs> but that's okay. You know, it's okay. And, uh, and so, and I'll, another thing is just realizing I don't deserve any of it. And so that's helped me a lot to keep that in mind. I think for me, um, I've had a little bit of a different experience than Todd has had in that, you know, I was in the same church since I was, which, I mean, he was too, but I think him kind of, it was a little bit of freeing for him to get out from under. He grew up, his dad was a pastor and kind of get outside that bubble a little bit and experience God in a different way than he had his entire life and experience being able to minister in a different way. I think for me, um, you know, I think God is having to show me. He stripped away a lot of my familiar and a lot of people in my little bubble and community and church that I turned to instead of turning to him when I struggled. Mm. Um, he's kind of removed those crutches and removed those familiarities. And so I'm having to learn God in a, a different way. Um, and, you know, I've struggled a little more with the transition. I miss our home church terribly. Um I miss my old life. I found a lot of fulfillment in being a pastor's wife. And I didn't realize that, unfortunately, I think I have wrapped my identity up in my church. And God is having to solely get my identity in him. And that's a a process me and him are having to work out together. But God has been faithful, even at my worst moments, to be there for me and love me. And again, show me it's not about my works. And so it's a process me and God are still working out together because I still have tough days. I miss, I miss the old, you know, I want to go back sometimes to the old because it was familiar and it's safe and it was easy. I knew how to do ministry. I knew how to be in that world and this is different and it's challenged me and I'm going to be the big crazy faith step out and do craziness. And so it's been surprising for me to see that this has been a little more difficult for me than it has been for him. Um, But God is good and he's with me and we're learning this together and I'm getting to kind of see things in a different light outside of the bubble that I was in. And that's, that's good for me. Um, you know, but it's, but it's definitely been one of those that me and Todd even have to work at how to understand each other because we're coming from different places, you know, and coming out of it. And so, um, but you know, I'm definitely, I'm so thankful that God loves me enough to, to not give up on me, to be patient with me and getting what he's wanting me to get in this journey. Yeah. Well, and I want to encourage you, Brooke, because I do think after leaving a church that we had been at for 16 years and, um, I, and I feel like I'm very like, I, what's that word? Flexible or adaptable, but oh my goodness, I felt like I grieved for four years, you know, of losing, losing the life that I had, um, and, and learning how to like, okay, Lord, help me flourish right here where I'm at. And so I, I can totally relate with you. It, it there's a little bit of a grieving. It and is. That's, it is. that's okay. That's okay. And I want to be real with people. I feel like that's the biggest thing that like, I, yeah. I'm going to share my story. I want to be real. And and that's really where I'm at. And so oh, I yeah. want to, I want to be real yeah. and tell people that, you know, sometimes these great wins happen or these great things that God shifts yeah. us, but it isn't all easy. I know sometimes people look like that's got to be amazing. Y'all have written a book. You've done this, but there's still hard in there. There's still a journey and God is still like changing me. I'm still on a a journey and a process and growing. And, um, you know, and this one 
kind of flipped me for a little doozy. I wasn't expecting. I'm like you. I, I'm very adaptable. I like to do crazy things. I like, you know, to change it up. Um, you know, you really, you can prepare for something and think you know how it's going to feel, but you really don't know how it's going to feel until, no way, until yeah. you actually feel how it's going to feel. Um, you know, and so, and it, so this is, it's, I'm still in a process and, you know, sure. um, and I'm definitely still grieving, yeah. you know, but, but every day God encourages me and helps me. And, and thank you very much. That helped me. It, it, it helps for me to hear other people's been there and they've come through it. Yeah. Well, I think one of the main things that we do is like, please, like, please, whether it's the book or what you see on live or listen to podcasts, please don't look to us as like some model for marriage. Like if you look for uh, to us for anything, look to us for like really the overwhelmingly abundant grace of God. We tell people yeah. all the time that like, sometimes we feel like frauds, you know, because <laughs> people are coming to us with all this great marriage stuff. Man, we struggle, man. We, yeah. You know, sometimes it's, it's, a, it's an issue. Sometimes you just say, like the other night, you just say, please don't pair my ear pods with your phone because then it's going to be confusing <laughs> and it turns into like a war, you know? <laughs> Uh, but that's real life. I know. You would, don't you think that when like God takes you to that place and that pinnacle of, of you know, oh, that like like all the holiness and perfection should come and it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's always exciting. Yeah, but you know, I love that we're all in process. You know, I I I kept waiting to arrive. Like I thought, here was my prayer. Lord, make me perfect by the time I'm thirty. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, didn't happen, but. I think that heart to be his and just keep available to him. He's the one who's shaping us and he's using the hard things and yes. he's revealing some things. And you're like, I didn't know that was there, right. but all of it, as we just bring it back to him. Oh. Yeah. He takes us to faith, to faith, to yeah, faith. The, yes. the journey is the destination. I try yeah. to remember that every day. That the journey is, is the destination. That is. Well, I just love what you are allowing the Lord to do in you and then through you. And, you know, as we close, I, you know, I just think about that person who goes, wow, my life is really a big disappointment. And, um, and I don't see any wins at all. Todd, I wonder if you would just pray for those that are listening that are just, it feels like they're stuck. It feels like that they really aren't they aren't where they need to be or doing what they need to do. And yet they don't want to have that unholy dissatisfaction either. Would you pray for us? Right. Yeah, let's pray. Lord, we, first of all, I just want to say, I love you. And uh, secondly, always, I'm so thankful for how you love us and uh, how your abundant love toward us is just um, indescribable father. And we're really grateful for that. Lord, I pray for anyone who listens to this right now that may be struggling with that. And I, first of all, I pray that you would give them grace to understand that just because we're struggling to see the wins, that doesn't mean that we're ungrateful. Uh, Lord, just we all do struggle from time to time. So I pray, Father, that just on a really basic level, it doesn't have to be some revelation. It doesn't have to be a beam of light from heaven, but just in a really practical, beautiful way you would show anyone who's listening right now that there are things that are happening, even if they don't feel like the big things. There are things that are happening if we if we allow ourselves to see those things that are taking us to where we're supposed to be, Father. One of the number one things that I always lean on you for, Lord, is that if I'm faithful, 
then the right things will happen at the right times with the right people mm. and uh, in mm. the right circumstances. And so I pray that for every single person listening. Lord, I pray that uh, we would recognize a difference uh, between just being ungrateful, Lord, and, and there really being sort of a, a holy shift. And it's like a holy dissatisfaction in us, Lord, uh, that we would recognize that. And the only way we can do that is by your spirit. And so I pray, Lord, that you would you would allow us to be keen to that as well. And we just love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited for you guys. Thank you so much for sharing your story. We'll, we'll probably Thank have you. to come back in maybe four or five years and get the rest of yeah. like, sure. the, sure. the Brooke and Todd, the rest of the today. story. Yeah. <laughs> I love the phrase that Brooke shared several times. It's already been written. You know what? I think we need to remind ourselves that because we've surrendered our lives to Jesus, we can be certain that our lives are unfolding just as God intends them to be. Even in the middle of disappointments or or in the midst of trials, you and I can rest and relax in God's sovereign ability to work everything together for our good. I hope you'll visit joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash 068. You'll find Todd and Brooks links to their book and website. You know, most of us will never win a reality competition or see our name in lights, but God wants to use your life, my friend. Just be available and willing to walk through any doors he might open. And if one of them happens to slam shut, well, don't be disappointed because that's how the Lord directs our paths. As we surrender ourselves to Him and obey His leading, the Holy Spirit will get us where we need to go, helping us live and love and lead like Jesus. Bless you, my friend. Keep chasing after God.